And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. That is God's rightful judgment against each and every one of us. But God sees us through the eyes of mercy and love. How much does your Heavenly Father love you? His love for you is based on his own son's death, not on our merits. Therefore, his lavishing love is certain now and forever. May this mercy and love lead us to walk in the light of Christ as children of God. Amen. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there's an old story about a peasant who, while working out in his field during the early spring thaw, came across a snake. And he raised his hoe to kill the snake, but the snake spoke to him and begged for mercy. I'm too frozen to do you any harm, it said. Please help me before I freeze to death. The peasant took pity on the snake and picked it up and placed it inside his shirt to warm it. And as the warmth of the peasant's body slowly brought the snake back to life, it began to move around until suddenly the snake bit the peasant. The peasant reached inside his shirt, grabbed the snake, and threw it down to the ground. And as the peasant began to die, he asked the snake, Why did you bite me? I befriended you. I saved your life. Don't blame me, said the snake. You knew I was a snake when you picked me up. Can you recognize a snake? The people of Israel in our Old Testament lesson today are traveling through the wilderness with Moses as their leader. And they are growing impatient, impatient with Moses and impatient with God. And they begin to complain. They murmur against God and his prophet. In truth, they really, they begin to reject God. They're sinners. And then God sends snakes into their midst. The snakes bite the people and people die. Did they recognize the snakes? Did they know what these snakes represented? Did they have any idea why these snakes showed up? Yeah, I think they did. And we see that in our gospel text. They knew that sin, more specifically their sin, brought these snakes. Their sin was the poison. Their sin led directly to their death. They preferred the darkness as our gospel text said. They thought the darkness was a better walk. They thought it was a better way than what God had in mind. They thought the darkness of their souls would save them. When they departed and deserted God for the darkness of sin, the Lord sent the snakes. And yes, they knew exactly why. So the question needs to be asked of us today. Can you recognize a snake? Do you know what those snakes represent? Do you recognize the snake of your own sin? We too reject the light for the dark. There's so many examples that we can think of of ways that we desert the light and go to the dark. The dark looks so exciting. Sin seems so mysterious and sometimes seems like a better way than the ways of God. 
Oftentimes, if we're honest, we reject the light for the dark. The light sometimes seems so boring. There must be more life than the light. Or perhaps we convince ourselves that this will be just a little brief journey into the dark. It won't hurt anything. It's just a mere flirtation with sin. I can handle it. Sin will never get the best of me, we sinfully think. We hold it close. Those pet sins that that we like, that we don't think hurt anything. And we're shocked when we're bitten, when we're hooked, when we're addicted and coerced by its poison. Can you recognize a snake? You knew it. You knew it was a snake when you picked it up. You knew it when what you did was wrong. You knew it was sin. And yet we still do it. We go right back to it. The Israelites died from the snake bite of their sins. Their rejection of the Lord led to their death. It led to eternal darkness. They embraced the darkness and were overcome because sin always overcomes the sinner. Their sin, our sin, the poison of sin opens the gates of hell and ushers us in. For as we hear from God's word, the wages of sin is death. However, we see in our Old Testament text, the Israelites repent of their sin. They turn away from it. They go to the Lord, and even as the poison crawls through their bodies and their systems begin to shut down, they crawl to Moses pleading with him and beg for the forgiveness of the Lord on their behalf. And God is merciful and gracious, and he provides a tree upon which to hang a snake. And do the Israelites recognize this snake? Again, yes, I think so. It's the snake of their sin hanging on a tree. It shows them that on a tree, the Lord will remove their sin and they will have life. As they look at the snake on the tree, they see their sin, but they see that the Lord is faithful. They see that the Lord is just and forgives their sins and cleanses them from all unrighteousness. The snake on the tree is their sin being removed. They are being atoned for. And the Lord is gracious and merciful to us and provides a tree upon which to hang a snake. Do you recognize the snake? As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Now, how can John compare the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, with a snake? Again, do you recognize the snake? Do you recognize your own sin? As we look upon the cross and see our God, we're looking upon our sin. Because Christ has taken the burden of our sin, the corruption of all of our sin, the filth and the darkness of our sin, He's placed all of it, every last bit of it, on himself. And he's carried it to the cross for us. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrow. Christ became sin for us to pay the price for sin for us. He lifted the burden of our sin, placing it on himself. 
And as he hangs on the tree, as we lift up our eyes, as we gaze upon this terrible sight, we see our sin. And we see the perfect and complete sacrifice for our sin. We see, we believe, and we are saved. Eternal life is ours, all because of God's amazing grace given to us. That's what the kingdom of God really is all about. God coming to us, not us to him. God saving us, not telling us what to do. God taking the poison of our sins so that we could be saved. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The Israelites looked on the tree and the snake, and they were saved. And they continued on in the wilderness, in their wanderings, until the day they crossed the Jordan into the promised land of Canaan. And they, they still struggled with their sin. They still murmured and grumbled. They still flirted with the darkness. But the grace and mercy of God continued to be poured out on them. The gates of the, river, of the Jordan River parted in front of them as they entered into the promised land. And as we look upon the tree, the tree of the cross, we recognize the snake, the snake of our sin, we see Jesus, our Savior. We're not saved by our own thoughts, our own words, or our own deeds. There's nothing that we can do to save ourselves at all. We are saved by the precious cleansing blood of the all-availing sacrifice. And therefore, we enter the promised land of eternal life. And yes, we too still struggle with sin, don't we? We still murmur and we still grumble. We still flirt with the darkness. But just like for the Israelites, the grace and mercy of God continue to be poured out on us. The blood of the all-availing sacrifice is visited upon us day after day after day. We repent, we turn to the Lord, we confess our sins, and God is faithful and just and forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We see it all around us. We see it at the baptismal font where we are made citizens of God's eternal kingdom, children of God. And we now live a new life with a new freedom, seeing and thinking in a new way. We taste it at the altar. For the Son of Man was lifted upon the cross for you, to cure you of the poison of your sin with his forgiveness, to feed you with the fruit of his tree, his very body and blood. We hear it in the words, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the Lord preserves and strengthens us as his holy chosen people. And one day we will enter the promised land of our Sabbath rest. For the Son of God has parted the gates of heaven to receive his people. You and me and all his people. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, only him. Amen.